Hello and welcome to Faking Lit, a book club podcast in which I sit down with some very good friends and we talk about a book in which we have read. My name is Shin C and summer's not over, it's still going on, it's summer forever! That's right. You're gonna have to listen to this for at least five more episodes. How long the summer last? Who knows? Maybe an Indian summer, which will mean we will be doing this until October, at the very least. Hope we have enough books. We will. Don't worry about it. Just kidding. We will have enough books. Obviously, this is all part of the Baking Lit Summer Reading List. Um, we'll be reading summer books throughout the season of summer, but I won't be doing this alone. I'll be joined with some very good friends. Why don't you introduce yourselves, everybody? Oh, hello. Uh, my name is Haran X, and I'm a comedy promoter who likes to use all-male lineups, which is why I won the Man Booker Prize. Hey! <laughs> hello, my name's Tom Redman, and I've recently been banging Western culture right in the books. Hi, I'm Steve Koenig from the Ban Frakes podcast, and I investigate mysteries and books. Like who was Voldemort? And was he a Vold? And was he a Mort? And how can we know if Harry Potter was really the boy who lived? Or was he just the man who became the boy who lived? Find out all of this and more in this week's episode of Bran Frakes. Not happy about you continuing to do your podcast on our podcast. We'll have words afterwards. I don't know where else I'm meant to do it. Maybe buy your own recording equipment, Steve. I don't know. I don't know. It's expensive. Hi, I'm Sasha. Uh, a friend of mine's recently been accused of robbing a bank. His alibi is that he was sitting at home and reading a newspaper, but I think that's just a cover story. Hey. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Um, this is going to be a good episode. I can feel it in my bones. Uh, we are talking about one of the summariest books I can think of. And I'm talking about, obviously, The Life of Pi by Jan Martel. Wow, this book has it all, really, doesn't it? Um, you've got sun, sea, uh, shipwrecks. Suspicious uh, parents. Suspicious parents, absolutely. Very nice, Steve, very nice. You're earning your way. I'm almost forgiving you for the fact that you're hijacking your my podcast to do your podcast. Don't, I'm not going to let you forget that, by the way. Property is theft. Does. Can, can you really own a podcast? Yes, it's got my name on it. It's know, got my name on it. I don't know, there's a lot of questions in the air. I, I, no, I, I refuse to accept that this podcast belongs to everybody. It's clearly my podcast, because it's got my name on it. And we're recording it at my home. I, like, what more do we need, really, right now? Well, I've, I've investigated the deeds to your home, and I've found some Ooh. suspicious things. Right, you know what? Let's there. move on. Let's Just move on. Me, okay, let's move get on. Their theme. <laughs> <laughs> like apparently it was signed in 2011 by a mysterious T Chin. And I've heard that your name is Chin T. So can the house really be owned by you? Find out more in this week's episode of Brand Flakes. <laughs> I don't appreciate the fact that you're trying to discredit me on my podcast, on your podcast, which is on my podcast. That's, that's, this is low. This is low. I will fight this. 
Listeners out there, look, there's nothing unseemly about my property arrangements. Yes, I, I, I am a property owner. I, do, I cop to the fact, I know that's not very cool right now. Property owners and landlords aren't very cool right now. But I'm one of the good ones, okay? I'm one of the good guys. And I charge a very reasonable rate for people who live here. Who, who lives here? Um, nobody at the moment, but uh, <laughs> I would charge a reasonable rate if you were to live here. Why don't you get in touch with me, fakinglitpodcasts at gmail.com, subject header, how much does it cost to live at your house, Chin? Uh, and I will promise you to read out your inquiries on the air. Okay. Uh, what are the inquiries going to be? how many things we can advertise in this podcast. How many things can we all collectively try and sell? Well, we do need to talk about a I book. I just but think it'll yes. be great. As I say, like, uh, all the time, like, I have a very open-door policy and I'm very laissez-faire when it comes to matters of the podcast. I'm so laissez-faire with this podcast, I let people record their own podcasts whilst I'm doing this podcast. So if you need to sell something, by all means, get it out there. But, like, let's not forget that this one thing this book, this podcast is about, and that's books. It's books, right? We're all agreed. We should sell our used books. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not that's that's not what I meant. But like, yeah, if you do want to sell your used books, by all means, try and sell your used books. But you would have to give your address out to find a place to make it work somehow. I've just finished reading a book um, called uh, Life of Pi. <laughs> <laughs> that's very convenient. That's very convenient because uh, thank you, Tom. Because that's, I yeah, look for grabs. That is, that is the book that we are meant to be discussing today. Thank you very much for bringing us back on point. I sometimes worry that we do get a bit off track sometimes on this show. But um, Life of Pi by Jan Martel. Obviously famous for winning the Man Booker Prize back in 2001. So yeah, 2001. And um, well, this is a book that's um, got a bit of a, uh, it's getting a bit of a reputation. Um, Ang Lee famously made a film out of it, um, using which was mostly CGI and took the credit for it, even though most of the film was made by people in a studio with computer graphics. Uh, rather controversy there. Uh, to what extent though would you say that uh, this book has attracted controversy with this idea that uh, it's a quasi-religious text? Mm. Would you agree with me on that? Mm. Is, it, is it a quasi-religious text? When I, when, I I, I, when I read it, um, it involved mastication, digestion, and then it Defecated out. You, in fact, wait, yeah, wait, wait. That, that was the life of pie. Seemed more like the idiot's guide to the digestive system. So what you're saying, Aaron, if uh, I'm correct, you, 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 you didn't read the book so much as ate it, digested it, and shattered out. I have a bookworm infestation. So <laughs> okay. Okay. Well. Okay. Yeah. It's gonna make you. It's gonna make. It's gonna make discussing this book difficult if you've actually haven't read it and just ate it. Is that not the same? The subtext will be lost on you if you only use it. Well, yeah, yeah. Some it's of like, the finer points of the characterization might be tricky. Yeah, okay. yeah. Reading. That's why reading is not the same as eating. Aaron. That's that's why they're two separate acts. Right. I oh, actually read my food. You read your food. I read. I read my broad oh. beans last night. What about alphabeti spaghetti? Oh. That would work. Can read that. Uh, you, can't, well, you can't absorb the the, uh, the characters um, or the subtext through digesting it. Um, oh, I do have a few uh, very expensive books. They've actually been genetically engineered to um, attach face hugger style, uh, like from aliens, to my face and implant 
the, uh, all the great I, dialogue and characters directly didn't really know they genetically engineered that's, that's how meta this podcast is going like we're not just discussing books we're discussing the act of reading and how we do that I, it's I, delightful I, I would like to pick up Tom on an interesting uh, point he raised which is that apparently there are genetically engineered books in existence. how, how do you now? genetically engineer a book I, I just pay I just pay they're very expensive I don't I, I'm not one of the nerds who has to know how they genetically uh, engineer the books. Yeah, is it an e-book? Are you confused? Yeah, you're no. just reading an e-book using virtual reality goggles. <laughs> or just a Kindle, but really close up. Like it really, is, uh, you're just pushing it on your face, you can't see any of the words anymore. Um, they do knock you out for the procedure. Right, when okay. You, when you are wanting to... Uh, yeah, well, you have to, you have so to. So you go yeah. somewhere else to read a genetically engineered book. Yeah, well, yeah, no, 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 it's very expensive. It's, a, this quite, a, it's quite an, uh, an elaborate contrived setup, really. <laughs> yeah. You've been abducted. <laughs> it sounds like the sort of thing that would happen if um, somebody put David Cronenberg in charge of books in general. Look, all I know is I went into, so into a building, yeah, a strange building with some very weird, shady people. They took a lot of money from me, and then I've ended up with a very weird story. And uh, <laughs> Were you missing um, any vital organs, like a kidney or like. Anything? Did you find a scar? Did you check your kidneys? Yeah, did you check you your came kidneys? Out? I think I'm going to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> this is a mystery, Steve. This is a... It's a mystery. It's a mystery involving books, which is what I, I talk about. Okay. I will interview, but you'd have to go, you'd have to, go to a different building, because I only interview people over the phone. Wait, he oh. has to do the work. No, he has to go to a different building, and then I will talk to him on the phone. How much do you want? How much? How much? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm easily parted with my money, but... Um, I didn't ask for. Well, money. We could do this. We could do this now, <laughs> now if you want. Like Tom, you could move into the other room, and um, Steve would phone you up, and we could do a. But I need, I need my phone to play the theme. <laughs> So that's, <laughs> that's not gonna work. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, oh, well, okay. All right. Let's 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 see if we can dive into this book. Obviously, as we said before, this book involves sun, sex, and sea, and suspicion. Does it involve Does it involve sex? Does it involve sex? I think it does. I think it's implicit throughout the narrative. That was, a, that was definitely a Freudian slut. That was <laughs> a Freudian slut. <laughs> that was definitely something dodgy there. Okay, all right, fine, fine. Like maybe not as much sex as I would have wanted. I how I, much sex did you want in the book? Quite a bit. Child. Quite book a bit. With a child and three animals. It wasn't about the child. It was about the animals. Look, like. <laughs> I'm not weird, okay? I'm not weird. Across species. But a zebra and a tiger, you are down with. Absolutely. Look, this, this it's podcast... It's a bit like an orgy, isn't it? Yeah. It ha look, this podcast has gotten trouble before because of its stance on certain, like... But how exactly... of, like, participants. But I think I, if it's just because, like, a high... Look, a, high, a consensual relationship between a hyena, an orangutan, a tiger, and a zebra, that's absolutely fine. That's all, that's all good in my book. That's all good in my book. Presumably... You're used to animals laughing at you when they see you naked. No, no, that's okay. not. No, no. Why would that happen? Hyenas. Hyenas <laughs> don't even laugh. Hi, that's, 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 no, Are there no, any that's, animals that actually know? It's a common misconception. 
The hyenas don't well, actually would laugh. Be, what's the sound they make? That, uh, so, yeah, that's not yeah. a laughter though. That you, we we projected upon hyenas is saying that that's a laughing. It is a mating call. It is a mating call. It's like it's basically a hyena. It's not laughing when it does the ha 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 ha. It's more like saying like hey. So you're saying so even laughter is also a mating call. This is interesting. We only laugh. The reason we don't laugh mm. by ourselves is because we laugh to show other people that we find something funny. And when we're in a social situation and we laugh to show other people that we find something mm. funny, we're trying to bond with them. So uh. one of the things we're trying to do is we're trying to fuck them. <laughs> That explains, ah, ah. that explains why my wife doesn't laugh at any of my jokes <laughs> anymore. Um, right, okay, I, uh, fair enough, fair enough. I, I think it's, it's a marvellously sexy book, let's put it that Actually, way. Actually, no, so in essence you were saying that those hyenas were doing a mating call when they saw you naked. They That's your claim. <laughs> No, I didn't say that. I, were I, they doing a mating call when the, you came there? Was that what happened? Are you in, did you I respond to the mating call? I didn't say so that. So not only does Quinty not own his house, and possibly <laughs> fuck some hyenas. Yes. He responds to the Whoa. mating calls of other animals. Whoa, uh, uh, look. <laughs> <laughs> so did Chinti have sex with those hyenas? Or did the hyenas have sex with Chinti? Maybe, we'll never know. I rang up the zoologist from the London he did zoo. <laughs> he said, Oh, I'm from the London Zoo, and I think he possibly did. I had to do an impression of him because he refused to speak to me. <laughs> you didn't phone him up because you were busy playing with Finchy <laughs> on your phone. I did. It was just, you, you ruined the break. The break's the most important. That's where I stood the most. And you didn't let me do the, the reveal during the. Ah, I feel ruined. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do this podcast again later. Well, okay, all right. Look, I I, I wish to deny those allegations <laughs> made against me in this um, podcast or my podcast. This is not this is not true. I did not fuck a hyena. I did not fuck a dog. I have never fucked an animal. No one accused you of fucking a dog. You yeah, did. You did. You did. That was just you. You did. You did. I or maybe they fucked me. That didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen, right? Okay, like Chinty, Chinty is not that way. No, I don't fuck dogs, I don't fuck hyenas. Um, Shinty is all man. Um, I might take a, a scientific curiosity in the sexual activity of animals, but... That's that's Bill, isn't that Bill Clinton's defense? No. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, but I had a scientific curiosity in her. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. Probably Steve could do the impression. <laughs> Probably too. I don't, I don't do what? Uh, Bill Clinton. Master of Disguise, Steve Koenig. Um, yeah, no. Well, yeah. I've evaded authorities for 16 years now, so... <laughs> I forgot, yeah. What did just... you do to 16 uh, years ago? That's a mystery for another podcast. You'll have to start your own podcast. Maybe on my podcast you could start your own podcast. <laughs> Although you need your own theme, so I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, yeah, we we, we we need to get to this book. <laughs> I feel derailed it. Look, let's let's talk about the life of Pi. The life of Pi, man, Booker Prize winner. Now we it is a story about a young lad by the name of Piscine Patel, uh, who is a Canadian who reminisces about his childhood in India. Father is a zoo owner and has um, the and the livelihood that provides family with a relatively affluent lifestyle with some understanding of animal psychology. Uh, I want to talk about his name for a second because like his full name is Piscine Molitor Patel, which is a fairly unlikely name already. It gets even weirder because he says that um, schoolmates tease him by transforming the first name into Pissing and therefore he shortens his first name into Pi when he starts secondary school and he explains it by saying he 
he did this because he wanted to pay tribute to the irrational number which is the ratio of the circumference of a circle to its diameter that he sounds like a wanker to me I mean to be honest there are so many logical holes and flaws in that firstly he was named he, it does reference that he was named after a swimming pool without any real explanation <laughs> yeah, why yeah, 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 yeah. and then Mm. Then the, the whole teasing thing is the only likely aspect of it, yeah, yeah. and mm. then the whole pie. Th again, there's no, there seems to be no cohesive theory yeah. at all I think behind pissing, any of it. Him being called pissing was sort of fairly warranted. Yeah, yeah. He liked, he also, liked, I would he liked golden yeah. showers. I would much have preferred to read a book called The Life of Pissing. That would have been much more mm, interesting exactly, to me, quite yeah. frankly. Um, so that, yeah. like, Apparently, somebody sort of pissed in his his eye, and he got conjunctivitis. But luckily, he had PPI insurance. Oh. Did he? Did that actually happen in the book? <laughs> no, I just wanted to <laughs> contrive some situations so I could put that joke in. Oh, you're very PPI. dishonest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. It's a, it's a, it's a classic Haran <laughs> strategy: uh, fabricate a situation uh, and then punchline. Um, but yeah, no, oh, worth it. Absolutely, oh, PPI. Oh, yeah. PPI. We'll be talking about that. That's going to go viral on the PPI. PPI. You heard it here first. Have you been affected by PPI? Why don't you write to us at fakinglitpodcast at gmail.com. Um, but I, I, I think like this is a... I don't like it when p characters' names in books are as contrived and convoluted as this one. Like he wants... Jan Martel clearly thought to himself, I want to write a book and he had the title in his head, The Life of Pi, that sounds good. But I can't just name my character Pi, although what's wrong with that? Jonathan Pi. Mm, exactly. Could have Jonathan been a second Pye. name. Could have been a second name, exactly. But that no. would have been a good book, The Life of Jonathan Pye. The Life of Jonathan Pye. What's he been up to? Exactly. He's uh, he's stuck on a boat with a tiger, and he just won't stop talking about the current situation in UK politics. The tiger doesn't fucking care. The tiger doesn't care. <laughs> tiger really doesn't give a shit. But like, there he is. Didn't he's just, like, like, just he an didn't vote. Yeah. Non-voter. Yeah. Jonathan Pye won't stop going on about the tiger, saying like, "Oh, it's all good for you in your safe space as a tiger, but like, think about the rest of us. Oh, you idiot! Why did you vote that way?" Mm. That's a very bad impression of Jonathan Pye. I I never, I didn't I'll be honest right now, I've never actually watched a Jonathan Pye video. <laughs> I don't know what Jonathan Pye is. I thought it was a guy who reviewed pies. I was wrong, apparently. But um, Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, why did he go through all these... Why did he jump through all these hoops to name his character Pye? Why not just name him Pye? Well, why, did he, why did he also name him the equally unlikely name of Basin Patel? Well, why do you like, think like, that was acceptable? Well, there's something, it, it, there's something about uh, the number pi and the fact that it's something. It's, a, it's an irrational number, and the nature of this number, uh, the nature of any ira ira irrational number, is so mysterious, and yet it's used uh, to make sense of the world. Pi through mathematics and right, engineering, okay, okay. etc. So mm -hmm. it's uh, yeah, it's it's uh, you know, the mixture of uh, reason and irrationality. Same with religion, it's irrational basis, but it's used to make sense of life. It's not funny, any of this, but I'm um, just... Uh, yeah, it's very clever, though. No, and that's... Yeah, because that's what people... Not funny, but clever basically sums up this entire podcast, <laughs> I think. The problem is uh, there were so many other ways they could have called him Pi. He could have just been a podgy kid. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. anything would have done, really. He could have been called Pycroft, like on Sean Combs' yeah. brother. Yeah? But the book is that's an enigma, Mycroft, isn't it? Oh, okay, sorry. No, no, it's Mycroft, you're right. <laughs> Did you think that Sherlock Holmes's brother was called Pycroft? No. You did. No, you I didn't. Did. I didn't. I just got confused because of Sherlock Holmes's pie loft. <laughs> I mean, he keeps all his pies. 
<laughs> what? That's no, a pie loft. He is a pie loft. Or maybe Mycroft has a pie loft. I can't remember. Pie loft. Not a pantry. <laughs> uh, in my my cake garage, <laughs> my cake garage. We, we don't use the word. You mean a cupboard? <laughs> <laughs> no, my cake garage. My sausage <laughs> That'd be creepy, that. Yeah. Going up to to lofts are very creepy anyway. Going up there and it's just just pies. Something we have a wholesome. Wine cellar. <laughs> you true. can have a pie loft. You can have a pie loft. Yeah, but wine cellar fits because you know, you're going down. You're giving up on life. You want <laughs> to, to go and to get, get wine from the underworld. <laughs> yeah, so it's just yeah, you, know, you, you feel at home there. But if you went up to a loft, which is where you know uh, creepy stuff's supposed to be, and you get something very wholesome and very English and very homey. Lofts are quite trendy. You could have like a um, not a convert. What's a trendy pies food? Pretty trendy. Quinoa lofts. Pies are pretty that, trendy. That, that, that as well. Are pies trendy? Yeah, fairly trendy. Pie Minster. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, pie Minster. The, the Square Pie the, Company. The company the who makes pies. pies. Yeah, that's where he, he keeps all keeps all his pie Minster pies in the pie loft. But pie and loft. Don't and he's got a yarn either. barn. You were just trying to rhyme it with my. <laughs> pie loft doesn't rhyme. <laughs> pie loft doesn't rhyme with anything. What are you doing? <laughs> 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 Uh, okay, all right, all right. This is a, this is that's a good but for future reference. I think we should come up with better titles for the book. <laughs> okay, we'll, uh, we'll save that for notes at the end. Mm. The boy of the fucking tiger. Crouching tiger, <laughs> hidden message. <laughs> Done. Okay, save it for the notes at the end, guys. I will I will say one thing, okay, as we're going to the first section of this book. Um, there is a religious undertone to this book. Um, it's stated that uh, earlier on in uh, the life of Pi that even though uh, both uh, Pi's parents are kind of like vaguely like scientific people, uh, Pi himself starts becoming an adherent to religion. He's raised Hindu and he practices vegetarianism, but part of him starts, I guess, uh, Believing in a higher power, some sort of um, uh, being above himself, like, which, for lack of a better word, would could be described as God. And he even says to his parents, who, who obviously are kind of shocked by this, uh, he says that he decides to become an adherent of Christianity, Islam, and Hinduism. And he just says, I just want to love God. I noticed that he doesn't much care about the Sikhs. No, nope. he Buddhism. doesn't care about the Buddhists. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He doesn't care about the Zoodisarians. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care about people like me, Scientologists. He doesn't even believe in our religion. I didn't know that you were a Scientologist. Steve. <laughs> this, I'm a Scientologist. Not, this did not come Both up. Me and Sarah, Scientologists. I went into a building Sarah? once. Uh, My wife, Sarah Koenig, uh, from the Serial po Podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if she ever listens to this, she's going to be so creeped out. Don't worry, she's not going to listen to this. She's not going to listen to this. Why, why don't you think my wife doesn't support me? <laughs> no, I, this is... Well, no. <laughs> I don't think that. Why would she be creeped out at her husband doing a podcast? I, no reason! I mean, honestly, I think there's something about faking that podcast. The minute anybody does anything on faking that podcast, it just removes all support from your life. It's like nobody supports you on this podcast, which is fine. We don't need them anyway, right, guys? I uh, I once went into a an, I went to another building another time, and, uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's the Church of Scientology. Yeah. They got a lot of money out of me as well. 
I don't remember a lot about what happened. I mean, like Louis Theroux did a recent uh, documentary about it, and he managed what to a, get like, what a, a best hour and a half. Yeah, no, right. It wasn't. It wasn't his best work. Misrepresentative of my religion. You have a problem with Louis? Well, he, he misrepresented my religion. Uh, In I, what way did he misrepresent it? He said things that were wrong about it. Like what? Okay. That we believe in Tom Cruise. I don't Do you not believe Tom Cruise exists? He's real, no, dude. He's real. I believe he exists. I just don't believe believe in him. You know, when someone says, I believe in you, <laughs> I don't believe in him. You don't have the faith. I don't have any faith in him. The Cruise faith. Well, he's Are done some good films in the past. Well, yeah. Yes, the 80s were his decade, I don't really. think The Mummy's very good. So wait, do you... The what? <laughs> the Mummy. Not oh, it's the new one. Yeah, the new one. Not the Brendan Fraser yeah. one. Yeah. So when I you don't watch think a Tom that one's very good either, to be honest. So when you t- watch a Tom Cruise film, you are like literally rooting against the character he plays on screen. I'm not rooting, I just Are you don't... rooting for The Mummy? I've never watched you it. I have no think... idea what happens. So you've never watched a Tom Cruise movie where you think, oh, it's probably going to work out alright for this guy in the end? No, I don't believe in him. <laughs> you just think he's going to lose, so... Were well, you not rooting for Maverick? I've never seen that film. Top Gun? Top Gun! I don't believe... I only watch films where there's a mystery. Oh. So you didn't? What, what you were rooting against them in Minority Report? <gasps> yeah. Were you a subscriber to that theory that like a Minority Report, the ending is actually all happening in his mind, and the actual ending of the film is when he's actually put into this cryostasis chamber? I believe the ending of the film, the actual ending of the film, is right at the beginning where he gets in the car, and after there it's all a fever dream. Okay, so here's all a dream sequence after he gets in the car. Yeah. Okay. I love That's the bit where he like sets off the ball rolling and then he catches it at the end yes. and he goes, see, fate. And he just confuses fate for gravity. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise is always doing that. I also love the yeah, fact that... Yeah, he just drops then goes, aha, fate. I also love the fact they've spent so much money on this sort of like, uh, like this amazing technology where you can move things with your hands and like you're conducting an orchestra, but it still comes down to a bunch of wooden balls that get yeah. like carved into, right? That's, that's all it is. Why are they wooden? I don't know. I, I, oh yeah, that's it. Explain it because like apparently, in, like to avoid forgery, because the uh, the way they carve the name of no the one can copy wood. Everyone can, knows that. Yeah, nobody can copy like a wooden ball. It's it's just the way it happens. It's impossible. Uh, we've got enough topic as uh, again. Um, it's almost like none of us know what the book's about. No, we know the book. We know this book. You know this book. This is oh, a, yeah. this is a book like look. I wanted to bring up the whole religion aspect. Like you said, he re- ignores certain religions, but I think it's because of the fact that uh, it's about the faith that he is exposed to at that time in his life. We've got to bear in mind that this book takes place in the 70s. This just happened after the uh, emergency in India, which I believe took place in 1977. Let me double check that yep 1977 when Indira Gandhi declares the emergency in India and his family are forced to emigrate on the ship which basically sets the events of this book in motion now religion is going to play a big part in this book I'm not going to go into it any further we'll save that for the end but let's talk about the inciting incidents book because let's face it the main part of this book is the shipwreck it's a shipwreck where Pi is left adrift on a lifeboat with a uh, with an orangutan called orange juice, uh, a zebra, and a hyena. And the hyena kills the zebra, and then later kills the orangutan. And then Richard Parker, the tiger, which uh, was uh, uh, he helped get on board the ship, comes out. Apparently, he was hiding under the tarpaulin the entire time. And Richard Parker, the tiger, kills the hyena, and then he has is forced to cohabitate with this tiger on this lifeboat for the rest of the book. Mm. What do we make of these events in the book? Orangutan would have killed the hyena. 
Yeah. And orangutan's hands are unbelievably strong. Right, it would right. have crushed the hyena's skull. Right. I think right. the point is the orangutan's quite a gentle creep. Well, in no, this well, book, well, yeah, in this point. book, it's quite a gentle orangutan. Uh, also, it's called Orange Juice, which I think is fucking adorable for a book that's this terrifying. Um, so I think but he was an alpha male, he had the big plate cheeks. He was a proper alpha male as well, you see. The orangutan was a lady. He's an alpha female. He was an alpha female. He was. He was an alpha female. Yeah, he, he, he self-identifies <laughs> as an alpha female, strong, independent sassy. Uh, orangutan. Sassy orangutan. S- sassy. It was sassy. Sassy orangutan. Couldn't do the clicks though. I like uh, essentially oh, that, yeah, what the hands he does, is we've taken a book with quite a strong philosophical a message and gone, right, who'd win in a fight between an orangutan and a hyena? Yeah, Go. no, that's exactly how I read That's basically book, what we've done. Come on, that's, 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 it. that's how I ever read any book, though. All the books I read is like, oh, who'd who, win in a fight between these fight? two animals? Yeah, 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 who'd win in a fight? Win in Moby a fight? Dick or Ahab? You know? Who'd win in a fight? Sex war or, or the peace. city? Yeah, war or peace. That's it. Sex or the city? Sex or the city, that's not the book. Confusing. Those. Those are the titles of Cloud. <laughs> Cloud or Atlas. Who would win in a fight? Who would win a fight? Uh, Oryx or Crake. Who would win in a fight? Dory or Nemo. Oh, who would win a fight? That's not, again. That's not a book. That's not a book. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is how I read. Winnie the Pooh or Tigger. Well, win. Yeah. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's I reckon Winnie the Pooh would be Tigger. He's a bear, yeah. Toad or badger? Sorry, I'm too excited. Tigger's a badger. <laughs> toad, toad or badger? All oh, right. Okay, no, no. A toad or a ba- badger? Badger. 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 I don't know, but what if it's a poisonous mm-hmm. toad? Well, but, yeah, but the badgers have tuberculosis. So. What if it's like a like an injured badger? Well, you can say that about any. This discussion isn't fun unless we dick with the animals. <laughs> Well, that's not what I do. A recently <laughs> divorced, <laughs> clinically depressed. That's not what I do. That's not badger. me. 20 years working in insurance. I don't badger. do that. I don't do that. <laughs> Overweight. Well, I, Smokes I, 20 a day. What I do is much more tender Suicidal. than that. Okay? It's much more tender and it's much more uh, emotional and much more deeper than just dicking with an animal. I, I resent that. I resent well, that. Yeah, look, if you want to find out more about what I do with animals, maybe like just look in some of the furry forums. Uh, look up the word yiffing on uh, no, Google. Yiffing. What's yiffing? Oh, no, you can just tell me what yiffing is. Okay, hold on a second. No, wait, let's ask Siri. Let's ask Siri. Okay. Siri, what is yiffing? No, that's not no, no not yesing, not yesing. Siri, what is yiffing? No. Chin, you're not supposed to ask your assistant such things. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, all right. Boomtown Siri. Fine. We'll never fine, find out. Siri. what this calls for a mystery. I think <laughs> this is a mystery. Does it? No. Wait. I asked a hundred people what yiffing was, and ninety-eight percent of them, which is ninety-eight, said they didn't know what yiffing was. And yet, I saw evidence of them yiffing all over the place. <laughs> How can we know and trust people if they won't even tell me what yiffing is? This week on Brand Flicks, I ask Chin T what he knows about famous yiffer Harren X. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, <laughs> I couldn't think of a good thing to say after the break. <laughs> I, find, I find the break 
This is the problem you've noticed since the last episode I was on here. I've got a lot better at podcasting. Yes, you have, yeah. <laughs> I've noticed you dispensed with the dog pressing play on uh, the dog. The dog had to be put down. Oh, but God. No, 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 Adam. <laughs> How do you know this dog, Jim? I know the yeah. dog. No, I. No, okay, right. Like, that was look. why he had to be put this <laughs> way. That's not. Don't <laughs> put that on me. How dare you? That had nothing to do with. With what I did, that had nothing to do with that. I, Abdan, this is news to me. This is news to me. Um, well, anyway, as I was saying, you've seen that I've got a lot better at podcasting, but I, I find the break in that theme tune is too stressful because you've got to think of something really good to say after it goes badum. I, I can, I can work it. I'm, I'm happy to. Well, hopefully, by the end of this podcast, I would have got better at doing my own podcast. I would have hoped that you've gone better in the time that we were well, away from each other, but uh, well, I can, not. I can only practice my podcast on this podcast. <sighs> I think that's a problem right there. That's, that's yeah. why I'm a Scientologist, because I love the story of Battlefield Earth with John Travolta so much <laughs> that I, uh, I've watched that film 27,000 times. 27,000 times? How many times? That film has come, well, let's try to work this out. That Imagine film came out in 97. right? That's... You had to watch that film at least three times every day for the past Hang on. Well, I watch 20 it, years. I watch it simultaneously on three so different streams. 56,000 hours. Like in Tom Cruise in Minority Report. Yeah. Can we work this out? Can we work out 27 times? 27,000 If only you had some sort of robot character, we should Divided by... Siri, what year did Battlefield Earth come out? Let me think. The answer is 1982. Brilliant. No, that's not true. That's not true. That's, that's, <laughs> the, book. that's the book. That's the book. That's not the film. Siri, what year did the film Battlefield Earth come out? I don't like the Siri. Battlefield Earth was released on the 10th of May 2000. So, 17, 17 years. years. So I'm going to divide it by 17 and then going to divide it by 12. It's a two hour film as well. Uh, yep, no, I've got that. Because I've worked out how many hours. I it don't. Would be. I don't know what the maths you're doing here is. We're trying to work out whether it's possible for a man to have watched. Back it's not Earth. possible. It's not <laughs> physically possible. You would have had to watch it twice at the same time, <laughs> or three times at the same, like on three separate screens. Let's check, right? If you started watching Battlefield Earth in 2000, times. as soon as it came out, that would be two times uh, 17 times 364. Is that right? Yep. No, it's two, two hours. Um, and he says 27,000 times he's watched it. Hang and on. Time, I'm just checking how many hours it would actually take if he watched it from when it came out till now. 12,000 hours. 12,376 hours it would have taken you to watch it back to back without stopping from the day it came out. Is that 27,000 times? Is that enough for 27,000 times? I don't no, that's less than 27,000. 12,376 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. I think he hasn't actually. It would have. <laughs> it would have <laughs> been no. It would have been how many times he could have watched it. Okay, twelve thousand hours, and twenty-seven thousand times two is definitely more than twelve thousand, right? Well, I don't know. I don't no, know. No, no, he I've could watched, watched it twenty-seven thousand times. I feel it's like your my word against is mine. Okay. Do you right. have it on the, the kind of times? Who's score? right? <laughs> I claim to have watched Father Earth twenty-seven thousand times. <laughs> Sasha Elian, the comedian, 
just being described by Chaucer. I was wrong! I was wrong! He could have watched it 74,000 times! I was wrong! She said that, she said I that just wrong. now. I was wrong! And it turns out that I'm right. And but I'm only back to back without <laughs> sleeping. Imagine you're sleeping for a third of that time. Let's do this. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> oh, God. I don't like just how you're... fucking spreadsheet. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Let's get back okay, to the book. Guys, guys, slept, guys. You could have watched it. 49.5 thousand yeah. times. Fair, well, I, you ruined my little podcast there, but that's, that's in, yes. I, I mean, still that's think I, I'm wrong, by the way. I still think I'm completely guys, we, wrong. We have barely touched the book and we've almost been going for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I'm feel gonna, like none of us like the book. I, I, I'm getting that feeling, oh, but okay. I want to I I bring this up. I want to bring this up. The idea, okay, look, a lot of stuff happens to Pi and Richard Parker on this mission. You mentioned the carnivorous island, but let's talk about the major twist in this book where Pi is talking to the uh, Ministry of uh, uh, Travel, the Japanese Ministry, when he washes up in Mexico and he's taken them by the authorities and the authorities question what actually happened to him and how he spent his time in the book uh, on, on the lifeboat and he tells them the story about the animals but then the authorities start thinking well actually this story doesn't make a lot of sense like we said this is not very realistic and they manage to work out uh, and get him to confess that actually the hyena in the book, uh, in the story, was the ship's cook. The zebra was an injured sailor. The orangutan was his mother. And Richard, <laughs> and Richard Parker represented an aspect of pie which he's been trying to hide from. So what actually happened was that the cook killed the sailor, cannibalized him, then killed his mother and cannibalized him, and Pi, in an act of self-defense, killed the cook and cannibalized him. And the whole story of the animals is a defense mechanism that Pi has constructed to kind of shut off the part of him that had to do awful things in order to survive. Now, he asks, he turns it back on the authorities by saying, which story do you prefer? The story with the animals and or the story where I actually butchered and killed human beings and ate them and the authorities say oh the, the story of the animals which you don't really get to do if you're a member of the authorities really you don't get to say that if a criminal has murdered somebody and tells you a bullshit story and you call them out the bullshit story and the criminal says ah oh, but which was the better story the one where I'm innocent or the one where I'm guilty you don't get to say ah oh, the one where you're innocent it saves a lot of paperwork really you're free to go I reckon oh. if a child came off a small vessel he'd been alive in the sea for over 200 days and he'd gone blind I reckon you'd just go you did what you had to pickle no jail have a lie down jail no for exceptions for the 8 year old boy yes Yes, well, I disagree because I think uh, we should, as a way of rewarding and improving the quality of storytelling in society, if you if you've committed if you've committed a crime and you get called in uh, by the old bill, if you can spin a good yarn, mm. yeah, mm. you when you think about it, the, the the quality of storytelling in society will skyrocket. So you're mm. saying that uh, if. Uh, can spin a good yarn. If you're, say, you're saying that if Harold Shipman had been a better storyteller, that it would have been fine to let him go. It yeah. depends on the story. If the love for the story, the love of the idea of the story, stories affect people tremendously. It has to be. You have a weird morality, dude. <laughs> like a really, I hope you never get into a position of power. No, I don't really like books, awful. thank you very much. That's why I'm here. So have you been on jury service, awful. Tom? I'm sorry? Jury, have you actually been called to jury service, Tom? Uh, yes, yes I have, yeah. <laughs> and were you like, 
mm, this story's not very good. Could you include a few more animals in it, maybe? And then well, actually, yeah. Um, I feel like George, this could be uh, evidence to stop you from getting into jury service yeah, again. If true. you need to get off jury service, play them this podcast and be like, "This is how I'm going to judge people." I mean, Go for it. I always like it when there's more animals in the story. Yeah, no, exactly. well, it's it's like a George Orwell, for instance. Uh, ah, he was going to get arrested yeah. for a happy slapping um, an MP. Yes, but he which he, MP? Um, Monty Johnty. Monty Johnson, yes. Was he the one on the podcast last week? <laughs> um, uh, relative, just a relative, yeah. But he, he was going to get done for happy slapping an MP, but he, he, he yarned, a, he spun a yarn about animals on a farm, on and that's how he got away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. What, I, that's what I always do. They go, why you've been speeding? And I always go, once upon a time, there was a hobbit. That's um, not an animal. A hobbit is an animal? No, it's not an animal. A hobbit is an animal? No, 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 no a not. hobbit is not an animal. What is a hobbit? He's a hobbit, but it's not an animal. Hobbit's an animal. That's a bit racist. That's a bit racist. That's not a plant, is it? Or a fungus? Or protozoa. Okay, if you want to get fucking technical about we're all animals. We're all animals. In which case, the whole point of like the pie is pointless. Would you fuck a hobbit? Would you fuck a You can't say that one. Which story do you prefer? The one with the animals or the one with the animals? That's not how it works. That's like Chinty, it's been said that you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. So let's do it like they do it on the Discovery Channel. And I'm, I've taken that very much to heart. I say that all the time. I don't know why I'm the freak. We're all animals. We're all animals, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, uh, yeah. oh, let's give this guy a problem because he's like, who he thinks animals. We're all animals, baby. We're all animals. Um, the, uh, the author, when he's been asked about uh, this book, he's talked about um, how animals are much more prominent in uh, Indian and Eastern literature uh, as... Um, compared to the lack of animals uh, in the West and with Christianity. Um, although there is, a, there is actually a theory that um, Jesus was uh, not actually a man, but he was actually uh, a very tall fox. Mm, okay, all right, um, all right. I, 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 I'm, down with, I'm down with this. Mr. Fox. A very tall Jewish fox. I'm down with this story. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, and... Uh, Scavenging from bins. Well, you, a, a kind of star fox, if you will. Yeah, well, a star, uh, yeah. a star of David from, fox, if you will. Jesus said, um, "Let he who hasn't raided the local bins cast the first stone." Uh, <laughs> so that, and also, um, I am the way and the truth and the fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, going further back on a more general biblical note, um, there's a theory that Moses was told to lead the Israelites Israelites out of Egypt by a burning basil brush. Um, <laughs> So, uh, a lot of fox heads. Well, actually, because a lot of fox hunting is just the modern incarnation of feeding Christians to lions. Really, I think. Except no lions that. and just dogs. Maybe um, it's just yeah. a bunch of really posh people trying to find Jesus. Oh yeah, and killing him. Yeah, yeah, no, no that, that makes a lot of sense. No, this is important. No, I agree. I agree. This is um something that needs to be um stated more in our society, uh, which is uh, foxes and Jesus. And pretty also, much connected. Yeah. Also, they're both pretty sexy, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, Mary and Magdalene were yeah, described yeah. as a vixen. I've done many um, drawings on deviant art of uh, Jesus as a fox, uh, and also being pregnant and in front of the twin towers. So, like, check that out. That's is, my is uh, deviant art account. Uh, that's Jesus Fox Lover sixty nine on deviant art. Is the fox the sexiest animal? Yes. Yes. Without. I like it's foxy. It's foxy. Vixen. Vixen's quite mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Vixen's just a female fox. Yeah, but if we call a woman a vixen, you're like, ah, oh, vixen. What about the flying fox? Yep, pretty sexy. Can't be like, ooh. It's like a fox with wings. Mm. It's amazing. It's what amazing. about Babe the pig? 
Isn't he the sexiest animal? No, because he's a child. Um, just a point about the uh, the uh, Richard Parker just going off mm. into the jungle. The whole and how this it kind of makes makes Pi look very uh, very weak. Um, it makes the tiger look very indifferent and uh, like like he don't need no man. Yeah. Or yeah, the yeah, tiger yeah. don't need no man, which I'm yeah. very suspicious. Right, very what suspicious. Do you, what, do you, what do you mean by suspicious? I posit, Chin, I posit that it was the tiger that wrote this book. Okay. Right? Or that the tiger's friends would read it and see Pi as being emotionally needy and high maintenance. Right? Despite the fact that every time he tries to move on, the tiger phones him shit-faced at two o'clock in the bastard morning. Can't leave well enough alone, just like a fucking mother. That's very interesting. I have to put that into my mystery thing. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I, I mean, I, I've got to say, Tom, are you meaning the tiger wrote the book within the world of the book, or the tiger actually wrote... So it's wrote... written from the voice of the are tiger. You, are, yeah, are you saying that the tiger should have accepted the Booker Prize instead of Jan Martel? Is there any evidence that Jan Martel is not a tiger? No, is it like that. when that monkey took that selfie and there was a big legal battle? <laughs> Maybe the tiger should win the orange prize. For uh, okay. tigers uh, aren't orange. Yeah, because tigers are not orange. A bit orange. I don't know. Are tigers orange. Orange and black. Orange and black. And white. And white. And, and red furry. all over. That's true. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I I'm not sure about this, Tom. I'm not sure if I'm getting on board with your, Who's your, your tiger theory. Who's your favourite fictional tiger? Tony. Oh, it's yeah. gonna be Hobbs from Calvin Hobbs. No question. Good tiger. No question. Tigger. No tigger. I changed my mind. Tigger. tigger. Tiggers are wonderful things. They're bouncy, bouncy. Yeah. Right. Tamil tigers. They're not fictional. <laughs> <laughs> Are not? <laughs> okay. For real. No, it's, it's got to be Hobbs. Shit, Oh, that's a good answer. Good answer. Um, I, yeah, no. But it's a British accent when they were always, even in cartoons, he was a British accent. That was a guy. His uh, voice actor committed suicide and um, really? left a note saying, Farewell, world, I leave you in your uh, cesspool. Goodbye. George mm -hmm. Saunders. Should we move on? Who's to your favourite zebra? <laughs> Who's your favourite suicide note? Can't think of it. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, my own. <laughs> 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 it's called the Brand Flakes Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's um, let's like I want to get everybody's ideas. We we've already sort of reached a sort of like it's on. I don't know what did everybody think of this book then? Yeah, I like. Yeah, I thought it was. You thought fantastic. it was good. Yeah, you yeah. thought it was good, even though you think it was written by a tiger. <laughs> I'm just just I've got a lot of feelings towards the tiger that's all and it doesn't mean it's not a great story that's true but you're very blase about the fact that a tiger wrote a book though. as if this sort of thing happens all the time uh, it doesn't hmm. tigers don't write books as far as I know um, and yet you're positing this fairly outlandish theory yeah well, the tiger it. comes out of it very well I think in the book and I just think it's suspicious suspicious yeah and it makes it makes the uh, Makes the, the man in a situation look very weak. Tom, is everything all right? <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Are you sure? Like, yeah. There seems to be some stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. I'm fine. Okay. All right. No, that's fine. I just I like to ask this of all the people who participate in my um, podcast. Uh, I. You guys Are you okay, Chin? I, when was the last time somebody asked you? Everything's fine. Everything's great. It, it, look, I am living the best life I possibly can. You know, like don't believe what everybody tells you. Like those animals are totally cool with everything. It's all fine. 
The RSPCA are not pressing charges. It's fine. It's very much in the tiger's interest to make it look like the tiger's moved on. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's controlling the narrative, so to speak. Yeah, I get exactly. that. I get that, I get that. But then, if the tiger leaves halfway through the story and the story is finished by the boy, how can the tiger be the voice in the story? No, the, the tiger wrote the book. I wrote well, that's one of the theories. So you think the yeah. tiger actually the tiger's just being the yeah book. the tiger's just being a bitch and shit stirring now making out that long after everything's finished between them he's still going on about and it it's talking to other pe to people about the, representation. the tiger. It's not like a figurative representation where the author puts himself in as the tiger. You think it was an actual tiger? Yeah, we mm. established this ages ago. I he wasn't listening. <laughs> I I. I was looking up some things. A lot of people um, get eaten in the book as well, and tigers love. A lot of things get eaten. Tigers love things getting eaten, primarily by them. Um, <laughs> very tiger. A lot of bias. From whom? What? <laughs> <laughs> who, who has the anti-tiger bias? I feel like it's an issue. No, no, we that, have to Bias towards the tigers. So everybody likes tigers. <laughs> in this book, yeah, because it's written by a fucking tiger. That's fair enough. No, no, it's like um. The I'm just curious me, about yeah. what anti-tiger bias you think this tiger's trying to combat. What prejudices have affected his life so much that he needed to win and so he needed to write an award-winning book? What do you think the struggles of the tiger are? Does it, has everybody gone with the idea that the tiger is my ex-girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> has anybody actually gone with this at all? I missed that completely, I'm sorry. Right. I'm not very <laughs> hey, I must have sounded mentally ill. <laughs> Tom, I, I totally get where you're coming from because I had an ex-girlfriend who was a tiger. So. <laughs> okay, alright. Um, oh yeah. Um, what did people think of this book then? Was this a uh, bummer in the summer or was it uh, funner in the summer? I, I thought the book was much like pie itself and that it was irrational, went on and on and should have been cut down to about three significant figures. Alright, alright, so you're really going to the notes section, but like yeah, oh, okay. okay, yeah, yeah, but and I can repeat what I said. Yeah, you will just repeat that again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. fine, that's fine. Okay, so you felt like it was just like irrational and like just like the number pie. Yes. Okay. I would prefer that it was the life of raspberry pie. Fair enough, fair enough. The sort of history of computer programming. Okay. All right. Interesting. More interesting, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Tom, what do you think of this book? I thought, thought it was fantastic. Yeah? Uh, yeah? Perfect summer reading. Would you read this on the beach? Yeah. On the boat? Absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, lot, there's a lot of lazy faux spiritualism in the West uh, in recent decades, but this, I thought, stuck up for some of the good points of religion. In a more modern context. Interesting. We'll need to delve into this a, a bit more. But like, okay, so you appreciated the uh, spiritual messages in this book? Yeah, well, it, it stuck up for religion very much on the nose. It, it, it didn't try and sneak it in. It very much um, had a, a clear message defending religion from the outset. Oh, okay. And, uh, okay. And, and, and but defended the stuff about religion that I like, which is. even though I don't believe any of it's true. Okay. But I love. Right. But love. Um, the aspect of well, it's more religious of certain religious people that I like, which is, like I say, it's the ones who deep down don't know, know that it's not literally true, but they love the idea of it so much and they have a passion for it. And it's exactly. their passion. That's that's the one part of religion that I do like, and I think this book sticks up for that. Okay. And okay. I think to do that in uh, in 
the last 20 years, I think it's fantastic. It's not like, because it's, it's not cool to do that these days, is it? Like, yeah, especially in the face of such faux, bollocky, wanky spiritualism in the West. Right, like... Crystals and chakras Crystal. Okay, okay, okay. Right. <laughs> Take that. Take that, crystals! Uh, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen Coney. <laughs> Well, I was not convinced, I, I was not sure. People ask me what I think of the central mystery in the book, and I just go, I don't know. Was the book written by the tiger? Was the story about the tiger true? Or was the story about him eating his mother possibly true? Was the, the investigator, what was his role in the whole thing? And I ask them and I think about it, and I think about it night after night, and I just go, well, I don't know. And I think really, the core of what I think about the book was that maybe it's all true. Maybe there was one pie on one boat and another pie on another boat because there's room for multiple pies and maybe he's got an identical twin. And what about the phone call he made to the tiger on the other boat? That's never explained. So would I convict him in a court of law for eating his mother? No, but I do think he did do it. That's, that's good. No, I, I, there's a lot to unpack there. I think See. that was the best podcast I've ever done. <laughs> we actually let you finish there. Yeah, no, um, there's a lot to unpack there, Steve. I still don't know whether you thought the book was good or not. <laughs> like, I thought uh, it was so-so. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Sasha, what did you think of this book? Um, I thought, I quite like the aspect, because he is a child in most of it. And I, I work with children when they start working, when they start learning about religion, they do just pick and choose different aspects because they like oh, the stories. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah. they go through all these phases of being like, oh, I think I believe this or this or this or this or this. So I quite liked the kind of childish innocence of it in a way. I like that, but on the other hand, I do think it was on the nose right. in lots and okay. lots of different ways. And also, I reckon it's a better winter book. Ah, Firstly, interesting, interesting. Because it'll keep you warm. Because you can think warm thoughts. Uh, and secondly, because people tend to get a bit more depressed in the winter. And that kind of leans into it a little bit. It's like you will eat your family and and magic isn't real. So I, I just quite, yeah, I just think it's a nice winter book. Okay, um, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I had totally different reading from it being a winter book, but I like that. I like your thought process there. Um, you're almost viewing this book as like a big nourishing bowl of chicken soup, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think um, I think this book. I can't get on board with the spiritualism of this book. Uh, I can't. Uh, call me call me cynical. Uh, call me uh, a grump, if you will. But I it did not. I do not agree with the idea. I don't agree with the way that he weighted the. He clearly weighted the story more in favour of the version with animals than the story without the animals. Because he spent pages and pages and pages and ages just talking about the animals and the, that version of the stories. And then when he said, like, when he's challenged on it and saying, oh, actually, this is what happened. And he says, yeah, that's what happened, but which is the better story? Well, obviously, we're going to choose the one which he actually invested more effort in rather than me saying, oh, yeah, no, that's how it actually happened. I don't agree with that. I think it's like he's deliberately trying to uh, trick us into thinking that the story that he wrote was better than it is. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the last part. How would we have improved on this book? Uh, we will have our chance to volley our thoughts and criticism. At Jan Martel, you're on notice as we enter notes. Notes, notes, notes. 
Notes, 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 me first. You first. I think alternative titles are very important. Uh -huh. I would, I definitely, Life of Pi makes it sound delicious. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, do you know what, I'm gonna stick with, with Crouching Tiger Hidden Moral. I'm okay. gonna, I think that's the best one I'm gonna come up with. That's not too bad, that's not too bad. So you would have changed the title of the book yep. to Crouching Tiger Hidden Moral. Yep. Okay, I like that, I like that a lot, because um, it makes you sort of, wary of the fact that oh i'm about to learn something on a serious note i would legitimately this isn't going to be funny but i would legitimately cut in between reality and story rather than have it all bunched at the end okay and so essentially you have like animal animal human animal animal human um and then you can have like the beautiful stories in the harrowing reality and I think that might have appeased you, Chin. Yeah, no, I think uh, yeah. that might have made you happier if I, you were reading it and you were cutting in between two different Chin worlds. Chin gets bored if he doesn't hear about cannibalism I, I, for I, I, ten minutes. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I mean, uh, I, I would have gone one step further. I would have made this book a choose-your-own-adventure book. Like, what would you have done? Turn to page 23. And then they might have a bit where, like, oh, you're dead. And then you have to burn the book and you could never read it again. Mental illness was uh, not touched on enough. I don't, I don't feel in this book. Oh, Tom, yeah. So what were your, yeah, your, your thoughts, your thoughts. Uh, Mental illness. Yeah, so, I mean, what it would have done to him, the harrowing experiences, being on the sea for so long. So, um, and also the reaction of the uh, of the police forces, etc. Um, it it, it should, should have turned, basically, it should have been... Uh, the boy should have been covered in blood. Yes. Uh, he, he went blind. He should have for made his own exposure. Yep. He should have yep. uh, made his own uh, heads headdress, uh, tiger headdress, put it on his head. He should have been covered in blood, screaming his head off. Like Ben Stiller and Tropic Thunder. Holding his mother's head, swinging it around, and then the final frame of the film is just a police. Final film. frame of the book. <laughs> film. The final frame of the book. <laughs> Final frame of the book. I, I, I don't know about the movie. I've definitely not even seen the movie. The final frame of the book should have just been his head being blown apart by a shotgun by a policeman. That's what happens when you just don't fit in with society anymore. That's it's true. fucking brutal. It's true. No, that's that would have been a really, really brutal ending, but also much more realistic. I feel uh, to what would have happened in real life to the real life pie, if you will. Uh, yeah. But he also, but not not so lifeless because it would have been very, would have been quite funny. So. Uh, <laughs> The humour is very much. Oh yeah, no, what's not to laugh at? He's swinging his mother's head around. That's pretty funny. Uh, uh, the spice of life. Yeah. Comedy genius. Uh, um, Aaron, what would you have done to improve this book? Uh, I would have used other big cats, not just a tiger. I would have a liger, maybe, or, or even a black panther. Or a tigon. Tigon. Wait, a Malcolm X. Yeah, I would have replaced the tiger with the black panther, Malcolm X. <laughs> What in the boat? Her. Malcolm X would have been in the boat yeah. with um, Pi. So having a go at Pi Patel. I for, just tell you, black enough. <laughs> Why do you? Okay. Yeah. Or maybe not even Malcolm X. Maybe even perennial open sport comedian Aaron X. What you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you refer to yourself in the third person there, but like, okay, fair enough. You on the boat with Pi Patel. Yes. Would you? Do you so feel like you would have gotten on with him? You reckon uh, you would have gotten on with Pi? Yeah, I mean, you 
brown as well, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> You're not afraid that he would have also yeah, killed you? Brown people never fight. <laughs> never. No. No. No, no wars. Or you don't think he would have tried to cannibalise you and eat you? Uh, no, he wouldn't, because I am. Yeah. Got a low body fat percentage. Right. I don't think that mattered, though, in the sort of survival situation where you're on the, the, the sea, maroon for like 200 days. Mm -hmm. There's water everywhere. Nah. But not a drop to drink. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. That's what I've heard, too. That's what I've heard. Um, okay, so fair enough. Mm. Your improvements would have been either a Liger, a Tigon, Malcolm X, or yourself on the boat. Exactly, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Steve, uh, how... No, sorry. No, no, no. Um, well, one more thing. One more thing. One more thing. Just one more thing. I think this book tries to sort of handle the truth. But as you know, and as you may know, you can't handle the truth. No, yeah, so because truth is a metaphysical, <laughs> ethereal concept. You need to wear special gloves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. It's good. I, I would Glad have, we cut back to you. <laughs> I would have. What I would have done is, I think there were too few stories in the book, ah. and I think you should have told more stories. You should have told stories where they're all the cast of Friends. Mm, you should have told okay. a story where, rather than on a boat, they were in a moat. You should have told a story where they went to Burger King and they had a really nice meal. They should have told. Uh, my podcast is sponsored by Burger King. Um, they should have told a story where. They, he ate his mother, but then she exploded out of him like in Aliens. <laughs> Should have told a story where, I don't know, a load of stuff happened. Where they did a podcast, and it ended with them all eating each other. <laughs> yes. Okay, alright. That's what I think. More stories then. I think there were too few stories. stories. Because it's a book about loving stories. Exactly. So why not have... Should have had many five, stories. 27,000 stories. As possible. Should have had one where Johnny Travolta tries to fight some aliens. Johnny Travolta. Johnny Travolta. Johnny Travolta is like You know, it's, it's going to be, un because there was the, uh, the, the the blanket across the boat, just as the film went along, there were just more literary characters just kept on <laughs> jumping out. Well, look, Tom Sawyer's here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Raskolnikov. Moby, the whale, the whale, just Moby Dick. Just you don't know why he's under out. the blanket. He could be in the sea, but he's not. He's under the blanket. Yeah, he's under the blanket, yeah. Um, okay. Just, just keeps yeah, like or like a kind of a Noah's Ark um, of literary <laughs> characters. One of each gender. Only it's male. One female Gatsby and one male Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that sounds all right. That sounds all right um, for this modern world. Why not? Why but not? there would also be as well as the Great Gatsby, there'd be an animal version, which would just be a fat bee. Oh, I'm up for that. <laughs> I love that. Great fat bee. He's a big old bee. He's a big fat bee. Just. There's Great a comedian called Dan Offen, he has a lot of bee puns. What <laughs> <laughs> no, about the Great Gatsby though? The Great Gatsby! I heard he dropped that joke after he lost the bee. <laughs> He's a big old bee. What <laughs> about the Great Natsby? That's another insect. Yeah, yeah like that works, sort of. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've learned a lot from today's discussion. Um, uh, I think that's about it, unless anybody has anything else they'd like to add on top of this. Plugging stuff that they want to know that they're doing in their life. Maybe a bit of gossip, huh? Yeah, yeah. Me and Harrod are playing football tomorrow. Oh, yeah. ah. We're comedians. Yeah. Richard, who's there tomorrow? Uh, Richard Todd, oh, Richard Benji Todd, yeah. Waterstone, John yeah. Long's there this no. week. Ross Smith. Ross Smith. Oh, okay. Yeah. All their names are tomorrow. So, mm -hmm. if you are a gun-wielding maniac who has a grudge against com comedians, maybe just turn up there and just let off a few rounds, eh? Yeah. Where are you playing football? Um, Sean Woodage. Yeah, why don't you go out there? Kill them all. Kill them all, you will literally be destroying 
45 minutes worth of I, I, I would like to plug my various podcasts that yes. I've recorded on this podcast. Which are the ones that you've recorded in this uh, podcast? The Brand Flakes podcast. I recorded about five episodes of the Brand Flakes podcast. Yeah, there's a, lot of, yeah there's a lot of material. I may one day do a spin-off Brand Flakes on my own. Okay. But we'll see what happens with that. That's fair enough. Okay. Um, I, well, that's all that there is time for. Next week, we'll be <laughs> carrying on with our summer reading list. And we'll be talking about... Bridget Jones's diary. That's going to be exciting, isn't it? Uh, probably having special guests, and I'm pretty sure that the original recipe faking lit crew will be back here. But until then, I'd like to thank all my guests. I'd like to thank uh, Sasha and Tom for coming down, and I'd like to thank, as always, Harren and Steve Koenig for coming down. Thanks for having me. It was always a pleasure, Steve. Always a pleasure, even though you <sighs> insist on doing your podcast and my podcast. Until next time. Please join us again. Bye! Bye. Bye. Bye.